technical difficulties have occurred. This is not Coming up next at our show. This is not But first, the news. This is not Now, welcome back to the show. This is Park Hopping Podcast number 73, WDW Trivia Calendar. Celebrating over 12 years of posting Disney stuff on the internet. This is another crappy podcast production. Hi there, this is Alan from DisneyFans.com, and this is the Park Hopping Podcast, show number 73, the podcast that proves anyone can have their own podcast. Welcome back to the Park Hopping Podcast, recorded live in the crappy podcast studios in Des Moines, Iowa, Midwest, USA. The Midwest, home of such podcasts as Beyond Main Street, Netcot, and the County Line Farm and Corn Report. Previously on the Park Hopping Podcast, we experienced the Stories of California show from the opening of Disney's California Adventure. Today I want to talk about something really cool I got in the mail this week. It's the 2009 Walt Disney World Trivia Calendar, published by our good friends at The Intrepid Traveler. It's basically your standard one-useless-tidbit-per-day desk calendar that gives you a few seconds of amusement every morning when you tear off the previous day's page and look at what the new day has for you. I'll talk a bit about that in a moment. But first, it's kind of funny. You know, I seem to absorb trivia, especially Disney theme park trivia, but I don't really care for trivia books or trivia games. I mean, sure, when I was in high school, I remember playing a few rounds of Trivial Pursuit. I mean, everybody was doing it, and I was amazed I actually knew anything. But years later, in my adult life, I received a Disney type of trivia game as a present, and today I couldn't even tell you where that thing is. I must have played it at least once, because I seem to remember a certain color represented trivia about Walt Disney, the man, and another color was Disney theme park trivia, and I was pretty good at the theme park questions, and not too terrible at the Walt stuff, but man, beyond that, it just wasn't my thing. Now don't get me wrong, when it comes to a subject I like, or at least I'm interested in, I can spend hours surfing the web, reading Wikipedia entries and websites and blogs, trying to learn more about some subject. I mean, it's really easy, for example, to learn more than you could ever possibly need to know about the Tower of Terror attraction at Walt Disney World, just by reading a few of the extensive tribute websites that are out there. You certainly get much more information that way than you might find in a Disney trivia from A to Z type, you know, book. So I think, at least to me, I'm probably not really into trivia for trivia's sake. I just enjoy learning about specific things that interest me. For instance, I really like the Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean, the rides. Over the years, I've learned tons of tidbits about them, so much, in fact, that when I bought Disney's Haunted Mansion book, there really wasn't anything in it that a diehard Mansion fan wouldn't have already known from reading sites like DoomBuggies.com. It was just a great Mansion item to add to my collection. But I'm not nearly as interested in, say, Space Mountain, so even though I love to ride Space Mountain, I really don't know too much about it beyond the basic popular stuff like maybe the year it opened or some useless fact about the onboard sound system at the Disneyland version. So if a Space Mountain book came out, I might enjoy it, since it would probably be full of things I didn't already know. But if it was something I was interested in, I probably would have already spent time researching it online and knew it. So to me, trivia books have always been for folks who just like trivia in general, while I'm more of the type of person who just wants to learn as much as possible about something I'm interested in. When I do see a trivia book, I usually test it by flipping to some section that I think I know a lot about, 
and then I can compare what I know with what they say and judge the accuracy. That gives me a feeling of how much I can trust the trivia they have on stuff that I don't know. It's sort of like reading a newspaper article. We hope we can trust the articles we read, but inevitably when we read one about a subject we're very familiar with, the article seems to be full of errors and mistakes. I guess my point is, while my friends may consider me a walking, talking encyclopedia of useless Disney knowledge, I'm really just a guy who's interested in stuff that, well, that I'm interested in. I'm sure there are some really good Disney trivia books out there. In fact, this Walt Disney World calendar is by Louis A. Mangello, who has a few Walt Disney Disney World trivia books of his own. While I'm certainly interested in Walt Disney World, it's mostly the theme parks. I'm not sure I really care about how many feet it is between hole 5 and hole 6 at some, you know, Disney golf course, so I haven't gotten around to checking out any of these books. So even though I lack enthusiasm for trivia books, I must say I kind of like the idea of this Walt Disney World trivia calendar. First, it's cheap. The calendar has a retail price of $11.95, and it's one of those little blocks of paper with sheets for each day of the year and a plastic holder with a stand you flip out so you can set it up on your desk and look at it. Now, my calendar had actually separated from the cardboard back. Now, hopefully this was just from rough shipping and not from a defect in the printing process. It still sits up on the little stand, so it's okay. As the name implies, this calendar focuses on Walt Disney World, the entire property. Since it's by a guy who has two volumes of Disney World trivia books out, I'm going to assume the trivia in this calendar comes from those books. In fact, the box says, based on the best-selling Walt Disney World trivia book series by Louis A. Mangello, so I guess it's a safe assumption. The promotional writing says, A whole year of Walt Disney World trivia, tantalizing tidbits, fun facts, historical insights, games, quizzes, and a flip book animation. Important Walt Disney World anniversaries for 2009. It's all waiting for you to discover a page a day. Each item with an excited exclamation point at the end. Well, it's not quite true. It's not not quite a page of the day because Saturdays and Sundays seem to be grouped together on one page, probably from the thinking that many of us would leave this calendar on their desk at work and not be around on weekends. The calendar also notes that it is completely unofficial and has not been authorized or reviewed by the Walt Disney Company. Because of this, no Disney characters or logos or anything like that are found. It's just pages with text and the WDW trivia logo, which seems to be a question mark with mouse ears with the old Walt Disney World globe logo as the dot at the bottom of the question mark. Uh, the font is also very, very similar to the old Walt Disney World Resort logo, so if you glance at it, it does look a lot like an official product, but it's not. So, Okay, first let's talk about tantalizing tidbits and fun facts. I'm not real sure what this means or what makes something a tidbit versus a fact, so we're just going to skip over the marketing speak for those two. In general, these are the pages that give you some bit of useless knowledge you could use to impress your family while in line at Disney or perhaps to unimpress your date who probably already thinks you're a Disney nerd. An example of this is, Did you know Epcot's spaceship Earth weighs as much as 158 million golf balls? Well, to be quite honest, no, I did not know that, and I'm not really sure telling you the weight of something in golf balls really qualifies as trivia. But in this example, the significance of golf balls probably comes from Spaceship Earth looking like a huge golf ball itself. Uh, So in this one context, uh, it makes sense. And it goes along with Disney's published bit of trivia about how tall a golfer would have to be if Spaceship Earth were a real golf ball. Here's another example, taken from Monday, March 30th, 2009. 
Covering more than 300 acres, Epcot is WDW's largest theme park, yet it occupies only about one one-hundredth of the approximately 30,000-acre site on which WDW is located. In fact, only about 7,100 of those acres are developed, leaving a whole lot of room for more parks, hotels, and attractions. Now, this probably qualifies as a fun fact, and on this day we learn the size of Epcot, the size of Walt Disney World, and from doing a bit of math, how much of that property is left for future expansion. Since this isn't an extensive book covering these items, it doesn't mention how much of the property is preserved for conservation reasons and can never be developed, and it may or may not be precisely accurate with some of the land that Disney has sold off the past few years, or even count on some of the property that's currently being developed for a new shopping district. Again, this is just light trivia and curiosities, and it's not something that tries to fully cover any specific subject. The anal retentive might find it fun to try to validate each fact Um, especially if it's something you can't believe could possibly be true. I mean, 158 million golf balls, come on. Another type of entry is the inclusion of significant dates in Walt Disney World history. When I flip to Wednesday, April 22, 2009, we find... On this day, Earth Day in 1998, Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park officially opens with five attractions, nine exhibits, 12 live shows, 11 shops, and eight eateries. Just having the anniversary date of a theme park is pretty good, but having a rundown of how many things were actually open that day is even gooder. Again, a book on Animal Kingdom or a quick Google search could reveal just what those attractions, exhibits, shows, shops, and eateries were, so some days you might actually be prompted to do a bit of extra research. Incidentally, since this book focuses on Walt Disney World exclusively, you don't get anything about other significant dates in company history, like the anniversary of Mickey Mouse or the premiere of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Uh, July 17th, for instance, is the day that Disneyland opened, and while it might be fun to see an entry mentioning that, since it could be considered the prototype for Disney World's Magic Kingdom, instead we find... The two 55-foot totem poles in Disney's Wilderness Lodge, the Eagle and the Raven, were carved in Washington State. Now, this is an example of how trivia books typically lose me. If I were a big fan of the Wilderness Lodge, this might mean something to me. But since I don't think I've even ever visited there, I didn't even know there were totem poles and wouldn't actually care where they were carved. But when I do visit the lodge... I'll be able to turn to my date and say, Hey, honey, did you know those two 55-foot totem poles were carved in Washington? So we have anniversary dates, factual information, and then the real gems, at least to me. The best trivia isn't knowing how tall or heavy something is. That's just a measurement. And while it may be interesting, it's not really anything unique. But on Friday, September 4th, we find some trivia you can't measure or observe. In addition to the Polynesian, the original plans for WDW included three more resort hotels on the Seven Seas Lagoon, the Asian, Venetian, and Persian. This is grand trivia. Although I already knew this since as a child I remember reading much about the early years of Walt Disney World and what they were planning to do, but there are countless tidbits like this in the calendar about things that might have been, little curiosities and stuff like that. Now, something I didn't expect from a calendar were trivia questions without answers. One day in December says, Did you know the Disney Vacation Club Resort opened on December 20th, 1991, with 709 rooms as Disney's first DVC resort? Then it asks, What was that resort later named? There's a note at the bottom of the page that says, For all answers and more trivia fun, visit www.disneyworldtrivia.com. 
Questions like this, along with some word scramble puzzles and other types of games, um, are found scattered throughout the year, and answers are only a mouse click away on a website, though it might be more fun to Google a bit first before sneaking a peek at the answers. You also find pages that seem like they were meant to be torn out and carried with you on your next Disney visit. For instance, in October, we find an entry called Haunted Mansion Scavenger Hunt, and it mentions the tombstones in front of the attraction being tributes to some of the Imagineers. Now, this may be a surprise to casual Disney visitors, if they even know what an Imagineer is, but almost every fan knows this. But did you know about the tribute to the now-gone Fantasyland Mr. Toad's Wild Ride found in the Pet Cemetery at the exit? I did, and this entry will tell you where to look for it. It actually looks like they grouped the questions, quizzes, and games on weekends, maybe predicting many of us would have this calendar at work and wouldn't be seeing it on weekends. There'd only be one page to look at when you get in on Monday, I guess. For just a buck a month, it's pretty cheap, and it's a great way to get a daily Disney fix. Plus, you may get to learn when your favorite attraction or resort opened. July 22nd, hey, Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. May 6th, the Norway Pavilion at Epcot. October 1st, well, that's the day it all began with the grand opening of Walt Disney World. Many significant dates are mentioned in this calendar. And did you know Main Street USA used to have a tobacco shop? Do you know when Walt Disney World welcomed its 500 millionth guest? Did you know the backs of the France Pavilion buildings at Epcot are now themed and why Disney spent the money to do that and when? There's endless fun tidbits throughout the year about rides, shows, attractions, resorts, and many long-gone bits of Walt Disney World, as well as information on stuff that never was but could have been. This calendar is a gold mine, and if you're someone like me who really doesn't care about the distance between holes on a golf course or what year some hotel opened that you know you're never going to be able to afford to stay in, just wait a day when one of those comes up and something more interesting will probably come along tomorrow. Uh, I guess, since it's mentioned on the outside of the box, I should point out just what the flip book animation is. At the bottom right of each page is a frame of that WDW trivia question mark logo thing, and when you flip through the pages of the calendar, you can see a cute little animation. So basically, I think this Walt Disney World trivia calendar may be something every fan should have, even those of us who would never be interested enough to sit down and read through a trivia book. And sure, few of us really need a desk calendar these days. At work, the current date is always on my computer screen, so it's, it's not about being practical or useful. It's about being fun and interesting and giving you a daily Disney distraction. All of the information could have been compiled in a book. It would take up a fraction of the space, and you could just scan through that book in a few hours and try to absorb it. If that sounds more like your style, I expect the Walt Disney World Trivia Books, Volumes 1 and Volumes 2, may be better for you. But for me, I think I'm going to enjoy 2009 just a bit more by having this calendar on my desk at work. You can learn more about the Walt Disney World Trivia Calendar for 2009 by visiting www.intrepidtraveler.com The trivia books that this calendar was based on are available in bookstores nationwide as well as online, so I assume this calendar should be available that way as well. So check it out even if you're someone like me who's not big on trivia books. It might give you something to do until your next visit to Walt Disney World. Hey, and speaking of visiting... 
The next time you're there, be sure to take an extra picture, shoot some extra video, because you really never know when something you like, love, or hate is going to go away and never be around again and end up as a footnote in a trivia calendar. And on that note, I think that'll do it for me this time, so be sure to visit DisneyFans.com, where you can browse around 53,000 digital pictures I've taken at Disneyland, Disney World, and other theme parks across the country, as well as dozens of downloadable video files from the Disney parks. And if you want to drop me a note, my email address remains podcast at DisneyFans.com. This has been the Park Hopping Podcast, show number 73, WDW Trivia Calendar. Special thanks to the intrepid traveler, and thank you for listening. Another Crappy Podcast production. Be sure to visit anothercrappypodcast.com to learn more about this and other equally exciting (sighs) podcasts. Advertise your product or service on this podcast network. You'll receive one exclusive pre-roll placement so the audience doesn't get sick of hearing your message and multiple in-show mentions and post-roll ads. This unique placement reduces listeners from fast-forwarding through your message. Visit anothercrappypodcast.com for details.